Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to our series, The Life, on our program, Freedom to Choose. And this is program number 64, Lessons from Old, Part 2. And this, once again, is on the series, The Life. And Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you once again for the opportunity to uh, speak about the principles that you have in your kingdom and your desire to help us to understand those principles and to um, take them into our lives and our, our minds that we may be transformed people. Please be with the program, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, so last time we were, uh, in a pretty good discussion about, uh, of course the name of this series is the life. And last time we were in a discussion about, uh, where do we get our life from? And I thought it was, it would be a good way to segue into this program. Um, because we're going to pick our story up where Jesus is running the money changers and the Pharisees and the animals out of the out of the uh the temple and last time we were talking about the temple of god being your mind Mm -hmm. and the parallel and the metaphor there Mm -hmm. and and we got into discussion about where do where are we getting our life from are we getting it from jesus or are we getting it from these other sensual passions you know our pride are we getting life from our own pride are we getting our life from our own greed where are we getting our life from other than God? And, and what is filling filling into our mind temple, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do we fill our our temple, our mind, our hearts with things of this world? Mm-hmm. Or are they filled with the things of the next world and the attributes that God would have, to have us to have instead of the evil that's, you know, like everywhere in the world today? Right. And, and are we willing to let him into our mind temple and run out, chase out those passions because i don't i don't know that there's any living human being that has not had a battle with a, a temple you know with their mind or their hearts that hasn't needed to be changed other than jesus right it's a, it's like this human condition right. that we all suffer from we've all fallen from short from the glory of god yeah and so we all have this um you know we have this handicap or we have yeah. this condition Right. We so you know it's interesting where we talked about um, what happens to AIDS patients if if the if the disease of AIDS uh, progresses to a place where it's almost death is like the next thing and and you so you can have a ward inside the hospital and you have an AIDS patient and they're 
They could be have pneumonia, be dying of pneumonia. Right. So they're coughing and having terrible. You know, they they you hear them breathing and coughing, and and it's just a really egregious. And then you have another one. Blindness. There's blindness is also a byproduct of that. And then the third one was oh, lesions. Right. You know, and so yeah, you, you and it would be it would be very bizarre to to have one patient criticize right. the other patient so, by the for the way that they're dying. Right. So the person that's blind can say, "God, that mm-hmm. guy he coughs all the time. The one with pneumonia, and it's disgusting to me, and and everything else." And the guy with pneumonia is saying. Uh, look at the guy with all the sores. That's disgusting. And the guy with all the sores can look at the blind person and say, look at him, you know, bumping in and look at his eyes and everything. And the reality it, is... We're all dying of the same disease. We're all dying of the same disease. Yeah. And that disease is sin. And God is saying it's it's because of what's residing in your temple, in mm-hmm. your mind and your hearts. Yeah. And, and I think the biggest, uh, the biggest problem with the whole thing is we confuse, especially as, as Christians... We confuse biblical knowledge with being, quote unquote, clean or cleansed, has nothing to do with it. Or being spiritual. Yeah, has nothing to do with it. You can be smart enough to launch the space shuttle and be committing adultery at night. You can be smart enough to recite the entire Bible and still be screaming at your wife. Or you can can, uh, have that knowledge of the Bible, right, and be jealous or angry or resentful Prideful. from somebody yeah it's right. they're, they're, they're they're not related knowledge about um knowledge about things are not related to your nature so what is is there a different i think there was a difference i know it's kind of off, off topic but there's gifts what's the difference? oh yeah there's gifts and fruits right yeah you can have all the gifts of the spirit and, and still be as far from god as as anyone because if your fruits which comes out of you will the know them inside, by their fruits right. not by their gifts not by their gifts yeah and there's a lot of gifted people on this planet but a lot of those gifted people could be very very far from god we don't know but right. we, we don't know them by their gifts and knowledge might be a gift right but it still has nothing to do with the nature it has nothing to do with how we act out has nothing you know, to do with the condition of the heart. Yeah, Solomon, the wisest man that ever walked the planet, had a real problem with his nature. He couldn't control it. Right. And that is the problem with sin. Our natures get out of control. We like it, we do it, we like it more, we do it more, we like it more and more and more, we do it more and more and more until finally we lose the very capacity to be able to distinguish between right and wrong or good and bad. And bad becomes good and good becomes bad. And so I think sometimes, um, you know, we get a lot of calls uh, from family members or friends of people who do struggle with addictions and um, and they just can't quite put the two together as to, you know, how smart and how kind the person is, but that why do they keep making these crazy choices? And so isn't that interesting that God would put in the Bible the story of Solomon, yeah, who was the smartest man who ever lived and yet yeah. fell in such degradation. You yeah, know what see, I mean? some, a lot of the um, smartest people I know are addicts. Right. They're very intelligent. Right. They're perfectionists. Right. But when things don't come out perfect, they get frustrated. See, and, and that's how the mind works. And so like we were talking on the last 
the last program, we're going to pick our story up where Jesus had run the rulers and the money changers out of the temple. And once again, what is the temple a metaphor for? It's a metaphor for the mind. Mm -hmm. And And so what was left in the temple? What was left in the temple was uh, children. Right. And so it's interesting because the sound of happy children was a complete offense to the rulers of the temple. That's, yeah, good becomes bad and bad becomes good. So who, and, and once again, Jesus, he ran the Pharisees out, he ran the beasts out, he ran the money changers out. And once again, that's a metaphor for the human mind, Pharisees representing pride, beasts representing animal passions, and the money changers representing greed. And so Jesus runs those out of the temple, and that's what he wants to do with us, where we can have those faculties of our mind under control. And basically, this was a temple out of control. Right. And he's saying, this is a metaphor for your mind. You're out of control, and you don't even know it. Right. We don't even realize it. And that's where we double back to where are we getting our life from, and we don't even realize it, that maybe we're getting it from our pride. Maybe we're getting it from our greed. Maybe it's our sensual desires that are ruling us. But whatever it is, we get our life from everything but Jesus, and we don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Our temples are out of control. Right, and that's why Jesus tells us to become as little children, to to be willing to learn and to listen. It's wonderful to see a child in their innocence and how they are attentive and they listen and they learn. But but that attitude and that um, that genuineness and that innocence is something that was really uh, put the the Pharisees and the church people at dis-ease. They didn't like that. Mm-hmm. They, they were really uh, disgruntled by the fact that Jesus had reached out to not just children, but to also people who were hurting. Sinners. Right, sinners. Sinners. He ate with sinners, and he, you know, prostitutes and lepers, and um, they just couldn't quite, you know, get a grasp on why he would do that when they were his people. Well, yeah, their whole mindset was that of, if you were healthy and rich— you were blessed and you were not a sinner. If you were unhealthy and if you were poor, you were cursed of God. And here Jesus comes to straighten all that out. Not and, for, only, and he's poor. And he's, he's right. poor and he's hanging around those, quote unquote, that were cursed of God. In fact, so much so that once he hung on that tree, it validated their opinion. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. They knew they were right. Right. You see, and he came also to to reset and to turn the boat a little bit on how they were treating their women. Right. I mean, the women of that day were treated terribly. Mm-hmm. And what does Jesus do? He lets a woman anoint him. Right. He meets a Samaritan woman at the well, and she becomes a woman evangelist, and she brings an entire town of Samaritans back, which... Even his disciples couldn't figure that one out because they didn't even want to say the word Samaritan. It was like a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Then he tells a parable about a good Samaritan and a bad Levite and a bad priest. He does everything wrong right. in their mindset. He just turns everything he upside turns down. turns everything upside right. down and tries to get them to look through a, a new lens. And this is the... This is revealing the danger of sin because God in human flesh came to his own people and could not convince them that he was God. That is amazing. And so does so you know as listeners and as people that participate in the program have 
our world's been turned upside down, inside out, so that um, maybe things are a lot different. Maybe things are different than what we expect them to be. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Maybe th- we need to have our our hearts shook up a little we, bit we as need, well. Yeah, we need a new frame of reference, if you will, a new lens. You right. know, imagine your life without all the comforts that you have right now. Right. Imagine you being pointed at and saying that you are uh, an outcast and a sinner, like Jesus was. Mm-hmm. You know that you, that you're wrong mm-hmm. about what you believe. That you're a blasphemer or whatever else they might have called Jesus. Imagine because he said that's that's how it ends up. Right, uh, and and that's that's how um, you're right. That's how it's going to end up. Is right. We are, hopefully we're we're being transformed on a day to day basis to be more Christ like, and then. Um, you know, are going to end up being treated just like Christ was treated. Yeah, and so so Jesus, after he runs out the Pharisees, the beasts, the money changers, and they all run out of the temple, there's the sickly and the children mm-hmm. that are left. Mm-hmm. And so um, the rulers, they didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that the children are in the temple sitting on Jesus' lap. And that, so once again, we talk about good looking bad and bad looking good. This right. was a good thing that looked bad to the Pharisees. And they said, hearest thou what they say? And Jesus said to them, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? Prophecy had foretold that Jesus would be proclaimed king and that, that those words must be fulfilled. And Jesus loved those children. Right. And the priests and the rulers of Israel refused to give God the glory due. And so God moved upon the hearts of his children to be the witnesses. And the Pharisees were just utterly perplexed and, and just could not understand uh, what was going on. Yeah, The one who, whom they could not intimidate was actually the one who was in command without being commanding right right? you think about this yeah how do you run all those people and all those animals out and keep the children there how do you do it in that fashion and then think about this he's a lowly homeless road-worn poor jewish carpenter and he was in charge right he's taken his position as guardian of the temple and never before had he assumed that kingly authority never before had his words possessed that kind of power and i think of that I think it's number two, the Chronicles of Nar- Narnia by C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. and if you've ever seen it, where where there cha- there's the river, it's at the end of the pro uh, near the end of the program, and the the enemies are on their horses and they're coming over the bridge, and the camera pans to the other end of the bridge, and there's Lucy, a little what is she, ten years old? Yeah, yeah, a ten year old girl, and and it stops the entire army in their tracks. This little girl, right. And she's got a little bitty, a little bitty knife, and then of course Aslan the lion walks up behind her. But you almost get that same picture—the power that that good and right and truth have. And in that in that picture in that Chronicles of Narnia, I I, I really suggest you watch it. It's really fascinating, and I love C.S. Lewis. But to have that little ten-year-old girl stop an entire army because they knew that they were wrong and they knew they were in trouble. Mm-hmm. And she had the lion as her right. backup, the lion of the tribe of Judah, of course. Right, the king yeah. of kings. King of kings, yes. 
And so it, it's it's the same thing with Jesus. He was he seemed to be powerless and and uh, destitute of any wealth or of any position, and yet he was and is the king of the universe. Yes, responsible for creation yes. and responsible for everything, and yet he never took that place upon earth to say, "Hey, I'm you know I'm you live because of me." Right. Right, and he just couldn't explain and he couldn't convince those who had been so darkened by pride, greed, and their animal passions, he couldn't convince them that he was God. Right, because that's what happens in the human heart. God speaks with authority, and as long as we trust and we listen as little children and don't let the pride, the passion, the greed, and the fears get in the way, as long as we live up to the light of what he gives us every single day, then we'll be able to continue to hear his voice. Yeah, but when there's so much unholy clutter and chatter going on in our heads, God's voice can't be heard. It's not that he stops speaking. We just become spiritually deaf, spiritually blind. Our own pride, passion, greed, and fears get in the way. They obstruct our view, if you will, and our hearing becomes damaged, our spiritual hearing. Right, and and not only that, but our mind as to how God is going to act on our behalf. It's just like Elijah, when he was in the mouth of the cave, he had called down fire from heaven prior to that, right? Right. And kind of just showed the whole, all the, the, um, the the whole valley who he he was in charge he was God's spokesperson right mm-hmm. and then he but then he ran because of Jezebel threatened him and he couldn't understand why God had let him down or mm-hmm. how he could have ended up in such a depressed state mm-hmm. and God needed to teach him something right though. What he, did had, he... he needed to teach him one more thing before he could be ready for heaven right and what was that. Because God wasn't in the noisy stuff. Right. God wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the wind. He was in the still, right. small voice. And that's what Elijah needed to learn. God, God, that's how God speaks to us. Right. He demonstrates power through all that, but his true power is in kindness, gentleness, right. love. And that, that's where the power of God really is. And you can see that as you raise children. Of course, Susan and I don't have children, but you can see that sometimes you need to be super, super firm and super loud and scary and all that stuff. And maybe to a get, little bit of punishment to, needs to yeah, come in. to get their attention, but that's not the ideal. Right. And so God had to finally teach Elijah the ideal. Look right. at, I'm not in the earthquake. I'm not in the, I'm not in the wind. Uh, and, and I, I'm in this, you know, listen, listen to me. And uh, once again, God's warning is that resentments, pride, jealousy, addictions, they can all get in the way of us being able to hear him. What if I had my earbuds in all the time with loud music and when Susan's trying to talk to me? Sometimes that happens. It happens every now and again, (laughs) right? You pulled in the driveway the other night and I had the earbuds and I was taking the garbage down and she, she asked real kindly and politely, do you want me to wait for you and give you a ride back? I couldn't hear. Her. I had music in my earbuds blasting, and and I just I'm waving her on like, and I'm looking really rude, and she's just trying to be polite. But that's what uh-huh. happens with all the clutter going on and with all the noise. You can't hear when someone's trying to be right. kind and to so you. And so the thing is, is our our ears spiritually stopped up? Are they? Is you there know, so much going on in the world today? How many times have you ever heard me say, "I just need it all to stop"? Yep. I just need it all to stop. Mm-hmm. And last weekend we rested for a couple of days. It was really hard for me to rest, but I needed everything to stop. Right. Because you lose the capacity to even pay attention to a, a bird that, that's singing that is really beautiful. 
and you just everything becomes just regular and right. it's not right you know we say at the end of the program everything is a miracle yeah if you can create a bird that can sing then sure you can consider it not a miracle right if you can make the sun come up every day then sure you can consider that a not a miracle you know, if if you can create a solar system or a universe or a Milky Way galaxy, then and control it and all. Control right? it all. If you can make an atom and you can go down to every, if then yeah, you can consider everything not being a miracle. But to me, all of that stuff is mind-boggling, and I will never know how to create any of that. Right. No matter what, or I'm not the creator. It. Or to manage it, right. yeah. I'm not the creator. And that has been our problem. We've been trying to run the show ever since. And we're running it according to our lower passions, right. our pride, our greed. It's amazing this whole thing is holding together with everybody's, everyone trying to get to be first and first in line and to satisfy their own passions. It's a, If it wasn't for the restraining power of the Holy Spirit, we would implode. Right. We're all we're all unholy trafficked temples. And see what seems to be happening is that the more and more people are rejecting God's spirit. And so when we reject God's spirit, I think less of his spirit is present because he gives it to everybody. But once it's rejected, then the, our passions and everything is like you say, it's unfurled. Yeah. And I it just seems like that's what's happening in the world today is that it, it's all becoming unplugged. Yeah. Yeah, and the the other interesting thing was they were actually arguing with Jesus about his authority. Mm-hmm. Jesus' name, or what he claimed or not claimed to be, did not give him the authority. Right. Truth gives the authority. Always remember that. Someone can make claims. They're just claims. Mm-hmm. Truth is what gives the authority. It's not title. It's not rank. It's none of that. It's truth that gives the authority. And they were actually interrogating Jesus at the temple saying, you know, who gave you this authority? And, you know, I can imagine poor Jesus trying to, trying to hold back his pride going, if only you could grasp mm-hmm. where my authority comes from. Mm-hmm. And he would explain to him, it comes from the Father. But it was, once again, good was bad to them and bad was good to them. And when we're, when we're uh, living according to our prideful fearful natures we get confused right we get really confused and so imagine the if you want to say the audacity to interrogate god and ask him where he gets his authority well you know the thing is is that you know if somebody if i was god and somebody tried to interrogate me i would probably just zap them so and then see that, you're not right? god yeah no i know but i would zap them <laughs> And so, but see how gracious God is, even, you know, even when Job, he went through that whole thing and Job was like, what, you know, what's going on? And God is like, where were you? Yeah, yeah. You know, but God, and so God in his graciousness allows human beings to be absolute rascals. Yeah. And says, I, I, because I, he, he says, because I know you're struggling, but there is another way and I'm here to give you life and I'm going to give you life more abundantly if you'll only come to me. And we're like, well, who are you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, and I like me? the adjective you used, rascals, because we are. Right. We're little rascals. All of us are right. little kids right. running around trying to be God. And so Jesus comes, the metaphor, once again, cleansing the temple, saying, let's get those passions under control. Right. It's kind of like, we, well, since we're not parents, we're going to have to really study at what age is a child 
like have childlike faith and when are they selfish and they want yeah you know, i don't what, know where right? the breaking I, yeah, point I don't is either. there um but yeah childlike faith of course is, is constantly relying on mom and dad right um but yeah now let, don't get us wrong those passions are still when when under control are a good thing right so Jesus wants just wants them to be under control of the frontal lobe. Right. That's all. To be have have us regain the ability to reason. Right. You know, when you have an unruly classroom, you need them all to sit down and be quiet for a little bit to where they can absorb what the teacher says. Right. Um, boy, we're going to have to wrap it up again. Um, you know what? We've got a couple of books as resources. Um, Drop us a call, 916-645-1297, and we can ship out uh, our clean book or our... um or could it be this simple, and the way out of can, your prison? And you can also go on and email us. And you can uh, send us an email, too. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing's a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.